Hey there, thanks so much for uh, checking it out. Again, another episode of the Encore Podcast. What a great time to be a Philly sports fan, even if you happen <laughs> to live in the heart of Manhattan, which is where Gab is uh, living these days. Uh, but still, you can feel the excitement all the way up there, can't you, Gabby? Sure can. And I have seen a lot of people out with their Philly gear on, so it must be a good time. Really? Mm-hmm. In, in, in uh, Manhattan? Sure have. Today alone, I saw three Phillies hats besides my own, and I wore one when I went on my run. So Really? Mm-hmm. God, those Mets fans can turn it around quickly, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mets fans. Sorry, not sorry. I, I, I got to be honest. Okay, look, we have, uh, we're going to be talking Philly sports this week. And uh, we think we have the perfect guy to do it. Gabby said, why don't you get him? See if he'll come on and talk about it. His name is Jason Lee. He's got a show all about sports on PHL 17 here in Philadelphia. And uh, we're going to have that chat with Jason. Looking forward to it. It's coming up next on the Encore Podcast. Jason Lee, we wanted to talk to you, especially now because, man, I'm telling you, being a Philly sports fan, these days has been nothing but as uh, Johnny Carson would have said an absolute delight. Although I, you do a better Carson than I do. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't bad though. What does he say? He's like, oh, you're a delightful young man. See, I, I lost it. I haven't done it in a long time, but you're a delightful young man. Would you come back again? You know, not only are you a good friend of, of mine, of ours, and a guy that I've worked with and have an awful lot of respect for, for a, a long, long time now, Back at you, my friend. Well over 20 years. But but you're also a guy that knows a heck of a lot more about sports than I do. And and you're so well connected now. You got this PHL 17 sports scene on, and that's on now in prime time. Tell us about that, man. That's a big move. Yeah. You know what? Well, so what happened was Seth Joyner, former Eagle, Eagle Hall of Famer, he's got his own show now that we air on PHL 17. And they put the show on Wednesday nights at nine o'clock. And I guess yeah, and it, it makes sense. They, they wanted to package the two shows, the two sports shows together. So Seth is on at nine. I'm on at nine thirty. And then, of course, we lead right into Action News at 10 on PHL 17. I was on 1130 on Friday night, you know, which isn't bad because you're on after all the games are over. But uh, primetime obviously is, is pretty cool. If you would have told me that was going to happen like, you know, 12, 13, 14 months ago, I would have thought you were nuts. Did you have to do the high school uh, football games Friday night at 1130? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I probably should have the whole Friday night lights thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I stuck with the pros and a little bit of college, you know, like during March Madness time and things like that. But uh, high school football is very big around here, as you know. So who have you talked to lately and who do you have coming up? Last week, I had Ricky Ricardo on the uh, Eagles Spanish announcer. Yeah. He's also the Spanish announcer for the Yankees. And the timing was great because the night before he was on the show, he called Aaron Judge's 62nd home run. Wow. So we played his home run call. Obviously, it's it's in Spanish. But if you know Ricky's stuff, he, he's just he's fantastic. Yes. Um, because so many of his Eagles calls have gone viral too. the the C senior when uh, Jake Elliott kicked the 61 yard field goal in 2017. The no senior when uh, Cody Parkey for the Bears. Uh, it was the double doink in the in the um, in the Chicago Bears playoff game where the Eagles advanced. I guess they went to New Orleans after that. And then, of course, his call, which I had never heard until recently, his call when they won the Super Bowl. Los Eagles son campeones. Los Eagles son campeones. Oh, it was it was, it was great. So <laughs> I, yeah, we had him. 
I had Larry Bow on a few weeks back. La- Larry, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever, ever had a chance to talk to him. He he's been so nice to me. He's been on the show. Gosh, I lost count how many times he's been on the show countless times. He's always great. He's always really nice. Anytime I wanted to come on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, so this week I got Mickey Morandini. Remember Mickey Morandini? Uh, yes, of course. So you know what I'm thinking of doing, right? Harry Callis. Mickey Morandini. You know something? He's been on the show once before, uh, and we had, a, we had a fun time talking about the 93 team. So we'll do some of that this week. And I also have a, a radio guy from Atlantic City, the, the uh, sports radio station down there. His, his name is Pete Thompson. He's really good on the air. So we'll talk to him as well. The, the problem I'm facing, and I'm not giving out any, any you know big trade secrets here, but you know I, I, I'm there in the morning. We tape the show like before noon. So I'm taping the show Wednesday. Well, the Phillies are playing Wednesday afternoon, and then my show is going to air after the game's over. So I can't really do a lot of Philly stuff. We could talk about game one. We could talk about the Cardinals series, but that's part of why I wanted to have uh, Mickey on because we could also kind of reminisce a, a little bit about 93. You know, as you know, Philadelphia sports fans love reminiscing and the 93 team, even though they, did, they didn't win the series, one of the most popular teams in franchise history. So it should be a fun show. Yeah. Okay, good. We're taping the show. You guys released these on Wednesdays, right? Yes. Okay. So today, so the show, the show's on Wednesday at nine 30. We tape the show Wednesday morning. Yeah. So it should be fun. Mickey Morandini will, will be on the show and uh, I'm looking forward to that. When you're watching this to prepare for your show, are you finding yourself like taking notes or are you just so ingrained at this point that you go into like setting up your show and you're like, I know exactly what I want to say because I've just been staring on it for like four days or whatever it was that happened. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't make it a habit to take notes per se, but what I will do sometimes is if I stumble across a, a cool stat or if I stumble across, I don't know, something about the matchup coming up, I'll either write it down or, or put it in my phone. So I'll remember it. It's, it's funny. It's a half hour show and the, the time actually goes by very quick in a weird way. It's like, it's not as much preparation as you might think because my show is very guest driven. So it's, it's conversation. And sometimes you don't know where, what direction the conversation is going to go in. Like for instance, the show this week, I know, obviously I want to talk Eagles. I want to talk Phillies. So I try to find two guests that can do that. So I got Mickey Morandini to talk about the Phillies. And I got this radio guy from Atlantic city who can talk about the Eagles. He can talk some Phillies as well. I do want to touch on the flyers. So I try to have one guest kind of zeroed in on one team and then like a, a multi-purpose guest, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just tailor my questions and I, I do write down my questions and I don't necessarily, you know, go question because, you know, it's depending on how the conversation goes, but I do kind of bullet point what I want to talk about with them. And that's really the only notes I take, you know, we, we've been sports fans long enough and, and, and I've been in Philly my entire life. So I know, I know what I want to talk about, like the Phillies going into this playoff series. I'll know what I want to talk about. So I honestly just didn't know if you were like it watching games and being like quarter three, 11 minutes in, what the hell was that? You know, cause like, I feel like I, that's what I would have been doing. You know what? I, and, and I probably should. I mean, like for instance, I, I, I didn't write down the time, but to me in the Eagles game, uh, Arizona's last drive of the game, when Kyler Murray slides and, and he, he slid, he didn't, first of all, he didn't manage the time very well, and he didn't have he didn't have field presence very well because he slid a yard shy of the first down. He could have had the first down easily. So because he slid a yard shy and they had no timeouts and the clock was running, 
it's third down. They got to spike the ball. So all of a sudden it's fourth down. So they got to go for the field goal right then and there. So I, I do kind of make mental notes of, of stuff in the game that I think people would want to talk about. Good. It makes it less of a chore. It makes it less of like homework that you got to do. You get to oh, enjoy the games, right? And, and, but then you, you take in the, you know, things that happen in the game and then you put them back out in your own way. Yeah. I mean, I, I do go back and, and look at the highlights, but that that's, that's really, that's really the most that I do. I mean, the show is a lot of work, but, but it's fun too. So it's a lot of fun. By the way, I want to say one thing before we get going. I am so enjoying these podcasts. The Andre Gardner one last week. I mean, I, I'm listening in my car, driving home from work one day. And like, these are two of my all time favorite radio guys talking together. This is awesome. The Mitch Williams one a while back was great. I remember you had, you had Susie Cerrone on. Your, your friends from California, uh, Tom Nakashima, he was fantastic. Your old PD out there was great. And Gabby, these are so well produced. So kudos to you as well. Thank you. That's that's very nice. You yeah, make Chris. You. you make Chris look good. <laughs> but yeah, oh, well, I thought it was the fact that he does uh, audio mediums that make him look good. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Thanks, Gab. Okay. <laughs> I look like you, so like you know, it's a one for two. You know. <laughs> no, you don't look like me. Yeah, I would say you look more like your mother. Uh, thank goodness for that. And your father, by the way, who is a better looking version of me. Jason, my brother, John. Well, I've, I've seen your siblings and you all do look very much alike. It's funny. Yeah. Out of the three of us, the only non-skeptic for the Phillies this year has been one Gabrielle. Can I, Gabby, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because as recently, I want to say, I guess it was the, the final weekend of the season when they had that doubleheader in, in, in Washington and they lost the first game 13 to four. I, I call it my mom a lot. My mom and I talk sports all the time. I call my mom and I'm like, they're done. They're done. They lost 13 to four to the Washington Nationals. They are done. They're done. There's no playoffs. They're done. So you, you mean even after that game, Gabby, you were still optimistic? Oh, God, no. I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, the, good. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going through the five stages of grief at that point. Like, I, you know, like the, I was, I started at just like absolute rage at the television. Then it like came like I have to turn the game off because I can't watch this anymore. And then, you know, the angry tweets came. So we really did move through the five <laughs> stages pretty quickly. I believe that they did they win the second game or did they, they did. win? They, they won, won the, the second, second game. game. Yeah. So we we had plans and we left to go do the plans. And when I was like, I'm not watching the second game because I'm just upset. And like, I, I don't want to sit through this. And we came back and my boyfriend looked at the score and was like, um, yeah, so they're winning. And I was like, no, I, I like, I'm not getting pulled back into this. I'm not doing this. And then like time went on. He was like, yeah, now they're winning by like a lot. And I was just like, I, I still can't turn it on. And he joked that I was the bad luck. And the reason that they lost earlier was because I had watched <laughs> the game and I wasn't watching the second one. So they were of course winning. I had a lot of feelings, a lot of intense up and downs because I, you know, I had been talking to a friend who is a big guardians uh, fan. And he was so excited about the playoffs coming up. And he said to me a couple of weeks ago, like, this is really exciting for both of us. We're both going to play off baseball. And I remember being like, I don't know, like <laughs> things aren't looking so good. And he was like, stop, you guys are going to get it. You guys are going to do it. And I'm sure it was much easier for him to say that <clears throat> you know, sure. being, being over there. But when the brewers couldn't keep it together, I, saw shades of what we used to be and thought maybe it's finally time that we were on the, like the positive receiving end of this and not the like giving it up end of this. 
And I'm sure you guys heard as we're recording this, it just broke a couple hours ago that the Phillies uh, gave Rob Thompson a two-year contract to stay on as manager, which hey. which is a great move. It's the right thing to do. Amen. Totally agree with that. You know, uh, we Phillies fans as a group have uh, been historically <clears throat> the most <throat> pessimistic of all, I think, sports fans. Now, well, I mean, they are the, the Phillies are the losingest franchise in baseball history, right? Well, they are too. Yeah. But, you know, if you can go all the way back to 1964, I think that's where it really started. And even those who weren't born yet <clears throat> still feel that 64 collapse because they've heard about it over and over again. It's like that idiot that threw snowballs at Santa Claus back in the day that we have to hear these lazy national. Oh, don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get into, I get into fights with so many people on social media about that, you know, and, and I have to point out to them, you realize that happened more than 50 years ago, right? If you got to go back 50 years to, to, find an example of why we're such bad fans we must not be that bad <laughs> that's right they can find much more recent stuff to uh to hang over our heads than something that happened in what 1968 at franklin field but you know what the- nobody you know what nobody points out about that chris nobody points out that that was the final game of the season all right and to that point the eagles had won one game i think it was a 14 game season back then they'd won one game and Franklin Field was still sold out in a driving snowstorm. Yes. They never want to provide the context. They just want us to, to look like jerks. They never want to provide the context of why that happened. You want to hear a, another fun little tidbit about that? The Eagles won that game, the final game of the season, to finish with two wins for the season. They were 2-12. and 12. Winning that game cost them the number one draft pick. You know who the draft pick was? Who? Picked by the Buffalo Bills. OJ Simpson. Simpson. <laughs> yes. Winning that game cost the Eagles drafting OJ Simpson, which is kind of a blessing and a curse. I think, well, you know, it's funny as I'm saying this, I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a good guy, but he, but he was a talented football player. Yes, he was. He could have turned that franchise around a lot sooner. There's no doubt about that. Of course, then he got into a little trouble along the way, but yes. you know, we won't go into that here. Jason, tell me now, when you watch the first game of the St. Louis mm-hmm. series with the Phillies, mm-hmm. you know, the game that went, that was finally won in the ninth inning. Yeah. Now, Gabby and I were talking about this before you came on with us. And I mentioned, I think that if the Phillies hadn't won in that comeback fashion, the way they did, I don't think they would have taken the second game against St. Louis. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, when, uh, when the Cardinals hit that two run home run, the way things were going, okay, it's only two runs, but that lead seems insurmountable at that point because the offense was doing nothing. And yeah, the way they came back and how demoralizing that must have been for the Cardinals. Uh, you're, you're leading, you, you led eight innings, but it's a nine-inning game, unfortunately for them. So yeah, that, that had to be totally demoralizing. And I don't know how you come back from that. But that's what I was talking about earlier. Like that is so something that would happen to the Phillies. Like they would, you know, they would hit the two-run home run and then give up six <laughs> runs in the ninth to lose. Yeah. I love a good momentum swing. I was a little less worried though. Like if they had lost game two, I still don't know that I would have felt like, Oh, the this, this series is done because they were still sort of carrying that momentum from game one. Well, um, ha- had they lost game two, honestly, I, I would have worried a lot about game three because I think in a deciding game, I think hope field advantage comes into play big time, uh, especially in a city like St. Louis. And 
I don't know about you, but I don't have as much confidence in Ranger Suarez as I, as I once did. And and he would have been your game three starter. Are they talking about him as the game one starter yes. in the Brave series? So Go figure. I don't know how I feel about that. It's either him or maybe Bailey Falter. But you wonder, Bailey Falter's, you know, he's such a young kid. Would the spotlight be too bright for him? Who knows? Yeah, and as long as they don't put Thor in, I, I think I think we may be okay. No, now. as long as they don't put Kyle Gibson in, Kyle Gibson <laughs> might as well be leading the batting practice. <laughs> like you know, what, what happened? What happened to him? I mean, he just yeah, you know, he did a total one hundred and eighty because he was having a decent year. He was. Yeah. But you're right. I, I, I wouldn't even have him on the playoff roster. No. No. Now we got to go play the Braves. <laughs> First two games in Atlanta. Can we get back home with? the series split one game apiece. I, I think right. so. You think? I, I, well, I think so. The second I mean, I, game I, might be the, the winnable game. I would yeah. Think. You know, I've heard so many people say, and I totally agree with this. When you've got a one-two punch like Wheeler and Nola, you can win a series. You, you, you can't put a price tag on, on, on great starting pitching like that. And to me, that, that's why the Phillies beat the Cardinals. I mean, Wheeler had a great game in game one. Nola had a great game in, in game two. So we'll see what happens with the Brave series. But as long as you got your that that one-two punch, I think the Phillies are in any series. I mean, the Braves are obviously the better team on paper, but look, games aren't played on paper, so we'll see what happens. That's right. And you know, and I thought that maybe the Cardinals were the better team on paper, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Into that series there. But hey, you know, it didn't work out that way for them. And uh, I thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> I just wish that, you know, I look at our, our corner outfielders and Gabby's probably tired of hearing me say this about our left fielder in particular, a guy who can hit a home run quite often and he can strike out quite often. Mike Schmidt used to do that a long time ago. The difference between Mike Schmidt I, and I know what you're gonna say. is Mike Schmidt could play in the field. Oh, okay. Mike Schmidt was an excellent fielder. He was. Yeah, what, what that, were that's you not saying? what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say Mike Schmidt wasn't the leadoff guy. Well, that's yes. I still don't understand. Kyle Schwarber what... should not be batting leadoff. No, I mean he, he 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 hits a home run or he strikes out or maybe he'll fly out. Maybe Gene Segura. Gene Segura would be a good leadoff guy because he always makes contact. Yeah. So does the shortstop. You know, the rookie, I mean, yeah. he makes contact too. Yeah, he stop. reminds yep. me a lot of Utley. There's something about him. Uh, you know, he had, he's not That's on quite Utley's a comparison. Level. Yeah. He's not on Utley's level yet, as far as at the plate goes, but. Uh, so I he's think, not the man. Yeah. Right. Not James yet. Utley, you are the man. He's not the man. He's the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we just, we Reese, we have to get Reese going for this series with the Braves. Yeah. And by the way, by the time we hear this, this is. So common for Gabby and me for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Everything seems to happen. Everything that we talk about seems to happen before this thing gets released. So by the time it's released, all of this is academic. It's sure. Hey, look, I, I get it. I mean, in, in the 12 hours sometimes before uh, between me taping a show and the show airing, things change. Mm -hmm. You remember last season when um, uh, during because of COVID, but one of the Eagles games had to be moved to a Tuesday. Remember that? Yes. So they announced the move on a Friday afternoon. At the time, my show was on Friday. So I taped it Friday morning. And we're talking about the Eagles game coming up on Sunday. <laughs> and then they make the change to Tuesday. And there I am on TV that night saying, yeah, Eagles taking on Washington Sunday afternoon. I'm like, people think I'm a 
people must think I'm a total moron. I got that. I've got the day wrong. And I'll tell you, I caught a, I caught a huge break the day they fired Joe Girardi. It was a Friday morning, <laughs> and I taped my show at ten forty five. The Girardi firing was announced at like ten fifteen. Oh my god! <laughs> so I had to scramble to change things around. And my my first guest, I, I you know texted him, hey, can we can we push the taping back like 15, 20 minutes? I just need some time. He's like, listen, I he's like, I'm sorry, I got a meeting at, at he, he's a radio guy. He's like, I, I got the, I have a meeting at the station. I have to get to. I'm like, all right, fine. So we had to scramble, and we still we still made it for ten forty five. But thank goodness. That wasn't announced at two in the afternoon because I don't know what I would have done. The show would have aired that night with me saying, so you think Girardi should be fired? You know, <laughs> and the universe said yes. So. Right, exactly. The baseball gods. Yes, that's, that's exactly what happened. Every, can we go around the horn here and get a prediction? Who's going to be in the World Series this year? Oh, let's gosh. Start with, let's start with the American League. Who's going to represent the American League? I think this is a slam dunk. What do you think? You think what's a slam dunk? The Yankees. They're not favored. It's the Astros. The Astros are favored. Yeah, but I just think, I don't know. There's just something about Yankees that, you know, talking about the baseball gods. All right. Anyway, that's my prediction. I think it's going to be Yankees and Braves. A lot of people will pick the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning toward the Dodgers. Yeah. I I don't like the Astros, but it's, it's hard to pick against them. But I think you might be right there. The baseball gods, karma, because of that whole thing a couple years ago with the banging of the trash cans. But they, they do have a talented team. And one of these days, Dusty Baker has to win it, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's one of the more likable guys uh, yeah. in baseball in the American League, in my opinion. You know, uh, I agree. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I could root for, for uh, Dusty Baker. I just don't think the Astros are going to make it this year for all the reasons that you just said. Gab, do you have a prediction or would you rather just keep your mouth closed and not prove yourself an idiot like me? <laughs> I love a good agent of chaos. So I'm kind of hoping we see uh, we see teams that are not the expected teams to go to the World Series. So I'm going to say Seattle, please. And... I was going to say the Mariners. I'm going right. to say the Mariners and I'm going to say the Dodgers. And I just before we get away from, from Philly's talk, I just want to take this moment to say. On August 10th, I texted a friend and said, I don't know, the Mets always seem to find a way to collapse on themselves around playoff time. And I sent him that text, screenshotted, dated this morning to <laughs> the point of what I had said months ago. So how, how great was it watching that game? Oh, my God. Game it was that series. Oh, it was at them playing the trumpet for Edwin Diaz. Oh, the, oh my God. That was that was awkward. <laughs> Why would they do that? You know what that reminded me of? There was a couple of games, a couple of Eagles games last year at the link where the Eagles were down by a lot and they scored like a very late, like garbage time touchdown. So they score a touchdown. There's like less than a minute to go in the game. They're down by 20, but they still play fly Eagles fly. It was, it, it made no sense and it looked stupid and it looked awkward. Just yeah. like uh, the Mets thing with the trumpet. Yeah. I think in those situations, like, some people online were like, well, they were doing it because they were trying to get the crowd fired up because like I'm sure the crowd was feeling like like crap. But at the same time, I also think you got to read the room a little bit because exactly, exactly. Really something like that, I would have been pretty annoyed. Yeah, but it, but you're right. It was great to see the Mets collapse. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I got to say, look, you know, I, I feel sorry for him. I have a lot of friends who are Mets fans and, and actually you do, too. Maybe they're not friends, but they know you. 
because you're friends. Up, you're friends up there in uh, in uh, Jersey with me. Yes. But, you know, so uh, those people are a lot of those people. I would say most of the people that we talked to were, you know, weren't picking the Yankees. They were fans of the Mets. And I'm not sure if that's a like a central North Jersey thing, as opposed to like if you're from Long Island. But they were Mets fans. And we worked with a lot of Mets fans, too. And I'm sure they're crushed today. I mean, talk about folding like a cheap umbrella, man. I'll tell you. But but here's here's the thing. And I and I said this to somebody on Twitter today, a Met fan who, you know, posted something about, you know, I, I still feel like crap, but you know, they it was a good season. Can't wait till next year. And I just said, look, I'm a lifelong Philadelphia sports fan. I feel your pain. Believe me. We're still riding high right now, but I've been where you are many times and will be many times you know, to, to come. Also, I just want to say. Part of the other reason I picked the Mariners is because I was out in Seattle this weekend and every Mariners fan that we met was like, you're a Phillies fan. We like, we want you guys to win. Like we're really excited about you guys being in the playoffs and the bar we were in and they were just like, the game was on and and there was like a small group of us who were Philly fans watching it. And they, they were like cheering for us and being like, yeah, like Bryce Harper deserves this. And I was just like, you know what? I'm in. All right, let's go Mariners. Like, that was it. That's all I, they needed to do. What do are you, they smoking out there real, in Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> do you realize if the Phillies did not make the playoffs this year, since Seattle made it, the Phillies would have had the longest playoff drought? Because I think Seattle hadn't made the playoffs since like 2001. But since they made it, and then if the, if, if the Phillies didn't make it, their playoff drought would have been the longest in baseball. Thank God they made it. My Yeah, my sanity was like really mm-hmm. hanging on by a thread there for just a minute. <laughs> All right, shall we talk some birds? Which birds you want to talk about? Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah, the some, some finches outside my house right now, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles for just a minute there. You know what stinks? When when they when they play the Cardinals or when when they play the Falcons and I and you say go birds and I'm like wait a second the other team's a bird too right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but come on they're not a bird like an eagle's a bird well that's it, true that's I mean true. you know it, it's funny you look at the uh, at the uh, Arizona Cardinals uniform and they try and make a cardinal look mean and tough and it just doesn't <clears> work. You know, they got to come up with something else, I think. How long have they had those black helmets and the black jerseys? I don't recall ever seeing that. Is that new? I think this was the first year for that. I think I heard them mention the black helmets in particular. It's actually a sharp look. Yeah, it is a a pretty cool look. By the way, is this true, Jason? Did you hear the Eagles going back to the original green next year? I heard they were doing that as like an alternate. Just an alternate. Yeah, so like, you know, a handful of select games, you know, which, which is good enough for me. I, I love I love the uh, the Kelly Green. I, I wish they would go back to it permanently, but look, uh, you know, a couple games here and there is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. it's like I love how the Phillies have the powder blues on the throwback uh, throwback Thursday. I, that's my all time favorite jersey. I I love to go back to that style Phillies P, but they're, they're, they they never will. But at least on Thursdays you got it. Yeah, that's true, and I, I totally agree with you. I love that powder blue. I, yep. I that's. So cool with the maroon. Not a big fan of maroon on its own, but you put it up against the powder blue. Exactly. And it just, <laughs> you it, pair it up, it looks okay. You know, I got to say, uh, I was a little dismayed at the Eagles uh, at, the, at the defense yesterday. They kind of looked like they were back on their heels a lot. And it kind of looked to me like a lot of them forgot how to tackle. Yeah, tackling is a problem. And I think yesterday the scheme was the problem. They weren't aggressive. Whenever they, they try to play zone, to try to, you know, prevent the quote unquote big play. Mm-hmm. But then you let all the, you know, you, you let all these underneath passes go. 
that never works when they play zone. When they play man-to-man, the, their defense is pretty good. That's the thing about the zone coverage is, mm-hmm. you know, they nickel and dime you to death if you're going to give them that that underneath up through the middle. And before you know it, they're in the red zone. Right, right. <laughs> right. It's it's that whole thing. What do they call it? Bend, bend but don't break. Right. Until they get to the 20-yard line. Once the other team gets to the 20, well, that's when you really buckle down. Well, why wait? I mean, they're already in field goal range there. On both sides of the ball yesterday, there were the, the, the scheme, there was a lot that was wrong. Even, even offensively, in the first half, the ratio passing to running was way off. If they play like this on Sunday night against Dallas, they're not going to win. Yeah, I know. I'm a little worried about that. You know, the, the thing is, is that they're 5-0. They're and oh. Why can't I be happy about it? Why am I nitpicking? <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, Eagles fans are disoriented when they don't have anything to complain about. And this, it kind of feels like that's what this tweet is capturing right now. The only thing I'll say about that is the last time that the defense looked like this was game one. And then they played the Vikings in week two, who are not a bad team. And they really seem to fully correct and come out there full force and, and play them really well. So, you know, now that the defense has gone through something similar that they went through in week one, I do wonder if, because they're coming out and playing Sunday night football against Dallas, it'll be the same thing. You know, the defense says, we didn't do this, this, or this correctly. Let's adjust and, and go out there full force. And, and I, I think they will. I, I think, I think they'll learn from their mistakes. You know, they're, they're going to be amped up because they're back home. They're going to be amped up because it's Dallas. It's national television. I, I expect a good game and, and they should win the game. <laughs> they should. We'll see. I saw somebody on Twitter today, uh, you know, talking about complaining and how, how we were, you know, we're nitpicking. How do you put it? It's, he said something like, well, that was an annoying win. <laughs> <laughs> you know but that perfectly sums it, it up though. it, yes. it kind of was an annoying win that's exactly right you remember mike schmidt's famous quote chris about about the philadelphia media he said um with the philadelphia media you, you get the thrill of victory and the agony of reading about it the next day yeah, that's true mike was always very perceptive that way he really was you know it it back to uh playoff baseball for just a moment with all these people making these really cogent remarks. It was a, one of the sports writers in the inquirer, David Murphy, I think it was. Okay. He said something that just really rang true for me. And it was after it was during the St. Louis series. And he said, you know, watching your team in a postseason play is like watching a loved one try and dismantle a bomb, which <laughs> You know, I thought, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's because, great. You know, watch, I watch through fingers. I watch, you know, I from my favorite chair until something bad happens and I'll stand up. You know, it's just very nerve wracking. And I thought, wow, he really hit the nail on the no, head. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, you know, should sports be that stressful? But sometimes it is. You reminded me, I got to tell you my sports superstition story. Yes. You had mentioned earlier. You have to sit in the same spot, right? Or else, or else something bad's going to happen. My sports superstition was sports pastry. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> when I was a kid and the Eagles were in Super Bowl 15 against the Oakland Raiders in, in January of 81 in New Orleans, I'm seven years old, uh, about to turn eight years old. And we, we watched the Super Bowl at my great aunt's house. And my grandmother brought a cake that said, go Eagles on it. And we all know what happened. The Eagles lost. Yes. So ever since then, any any Eagles cake, any any Phillies, any sports pastry, I wanted no part of. 
But that ended when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So I'm good with that now. <laughs> because that's how superstitions work. I mean, if something if something good happens, well, then you don't worry about it anymore. I'm sending you an Entenmann's uh, for the uh, for the Super Bowl. I, I like the Entenmann's. I, yeah. I like the, the the donut pack with the three different kinds, right? You, you, you got the chocolate, right? You got you got the devil's food, and then you got the uh, the vanilla, like with the, the the sprinkles on top. I'm partial to the cheese strudel, but that's okay. You that's know, good. I, the chocolate chip cookies go. too. Don't get me started on tasty cakes, Chris. We'll be here all night. <laughs> Uh, the Sixers and Flyers as we get into the season. Well, the Flyers, do we really need to talk about the Flyers? I guess. You know, it's such a shame because I don't know about you. I love hockey. I I love, love, love hockey. And I'm a huge Flyers fan. And damn it, I wish they were good. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I wish they were good again. Um, the Sixers should be interesting. I, I can't wait for that season to start. Uh, looks like Harden has gotten himself into shape. He was kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? At the end of last season. A little he, sluggish. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's, yeah, exact. Perfect. Yeah, sluggish. That's that's a great word for it. So it seems like he's he's working on his conditioning. So it 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 should be it should be a good year for basketball. I almost don't want these twenty four hours to be over here of like the Phillies starting game one of the next series because it's just it's such a nice little spot to be living in. Like Phillies won a playoff series and are moving on. Eagles are undefeated. Sixers team looks fun as hell i don't even watch soccer and i knew a couple of people the other night who were so excited about the union yeah like, the union yeah. yep it's like a nice little like is this what the constant happiness feels like of your sports teams being good all the time like i don't you know this is like new i guess well and it's funny you mention that because uh a friend of mine uh lives in in um in connecticut and he's a big boston sports fan and he put up something at the end of the baseball season, uh, you know, the Red Sox, I think it was when the, when the Red Sox were officially eliminated from playoff contention and he was complaining about it. And I said, wow, it's, it's gotta be really hard being a Boston sports fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel, I feel bad for you, man. How, how many Super Bowls, how many world series, a couple NBA championships, even a friggin' Stanley cup. I mean, come on. I don't, I don't think- know if you've seen the kid online, but there's a kid who's apparently grown up in Boston and been every, he goes to every championship parade. I, I want to say he's like 18 or 19 years old. And wow, he's been to like a lot <laughs> championship count. And it's like 15. And every time they go, every time there's a new one, he like puts up another freaking sticker. And it's just like, you know, I've seen two in like yep. my nearly 30 years. And that's insanity. It like in comparison, I guess two is probably more normal for what, people of other major markets are are getting in their sports time but i oh, yeah. yeah like to see that i'm like you are like i'm a, a third <laughs> like of your life older than you and you've seen so many more championships than i have it's funny how how everything is relative like my my son my son ethan was born in in 2003 so when the phillies went on that run from 07 to 11 he was just getting old enough to he's He's not into sports now, but, but back then I was trying to get him into sports. And, you know, he would say, wow, the, the Phillies are always so good. I'm like, it's not it's it's not always like that. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> but for a kid growing up in that time, it's like, wow, they're in the playoffs every single year. Really? My son-in-law, all he knows is success with the Atlanta Braves in one form or another. You know, they. So he'll be rooting for the Braves. Yes. Yes, he will be rooting for the Braves and his wife, my daughter, of course, will not be rooting for the Braves. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember the back and forth with you guys when the Eagles played the Vikings 
uh, I guess that was, well, I guess it was the 2017 season in, in the yeah. NFC championship game. Yeah. The only reason I remember that score is because I was in New York at an Eagles bar and it was absolutely packed. Like there was nowhere to sit. We were all in there like sardines. And I remember <clears throat> I texted my dad and I was like, all right, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I think, I think it'll be a good game. And then the Vikings marched down the field on like the first play Yep, yep. and he texted me and he was like, well, then <laughs> we were both like, oh God, this is going to be a long game. And it, it turned out to be much better than that. Well, but, if yeah. you remember, they were marching down the field on their second series as well. When Patrick Robinson got the interception. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Had it not been for that. Cause, cause they were, mar- the defense wasn't doing anything up until that point, but uh, you know, everything changed with that interception. A general feeling I have about playoffs, uh, not uh, of any sport is that I feel like about 50% of the time, the team that ends up winning it all is a momentum team. And then 50% oh, totally, of the time totally. is, is like the most talented team. Yep. I know we were talking about momentum shifts earlier, but like, you know, I, I really feel it for the Phillies and the momentum shift in that game. I'll never forget that. I was like, you know, it's just, it's not something you can really verbalize exactly when it happened, but you're just like this. Nah, it feels different now. I don't no, know. You're, you're so right. And I, I would say it's even more than 50% the team with the momentum. It's, it's not the team that, that, that it's not the most talented team. It's the team that's, that's hot at the right time. I mean, you know, the Mets won what 101 games, right? Yeah. They're out. I mm-hmm. mean, you guys, I'm sure you remember 2011, the mm-hmm. Phillies won 102 games, most in franchise history. And they lose in the NLDS to the Cardinals. So, yeah, they won 102 games, but big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, uh, you know, it's been fun talking to you about Philly sports. And, and you know, we got to come on again when we get into the to the meat of the of the Flyers and the Sixers. And, uh, you know, as the football season progresses as well, too, because I love talking to you about anything, Jason. But uh, sports well, is always a real. Well, listen, I mean, you know, look, I love you. You know that. And I, I've told you that before. And yeah, we, we could talk about anything and we could talk for hours and hours and, and have a great time doing it. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if this is something you want to mention. I understand that you're on internet radio these days as well. I am. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's called oldiesxl.com and it's, uh, they, it's 60s, 70s and 80s. And it's really cool because every time I'm there, I'll hear a couple of songs that I haven't heard in years. So it's, it's, it's great music. And it's a lot of fun. And for me, it's like radio the way it used to be. They don't tell you, they don't tell you when to talk. I mean, you know, you, you have a couple of positioning statements that they want you to say, but they really don't tell you what to say. If, if you've got a 30 second intro, you can fill it and have fun. And, yeah. and as we say in the business, hit the post, talk right up to the vocals. And I'm having a blast doing it. I missed talking up music. And for me, it kind of ended abruptly because of the pandemic. You know, I was, I was part-time at B101. I was doing weekends there. And all of a sudden, it just stopped because of the pandemic. I, I didn't like how that ended. So I, and, I, and I missed it. So I'm having fun. Right now, it's Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. But with my schedule, because uh, I'm doing a, a, a TV job and a radio job during the week. So I do want to have like one day off. So I'll probably scale back to just Saturdays at all these XL. But for now, I'm doing both days. Nine to two, Saturday and Sunday. Cool, cool. And hopefully consultants will keep their hands off of internet radio. All right, buddy. Be well. Let's go Phillies. Let's go Eagles. 1098. 1098-76ers. <laughs> that's my what's one of my all-time favorite songs. That and you remember Phillies Fever, Chris? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Phillies Fever. It's such a cheesy 70 sounding song, but man, it's so good.
We really lack the song for the Phillies. Like Sixers got a song. Eagles got like people singing. Like we we need something. Oh, Gabby, I'm telling you, go to YouTube and look up Phillies Fever. It's an actual song. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's great. You're going to love it. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about an earworm. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good song. (laughs) All right. Always fun, Chris. Gabby, good to talk to you as well. Be well, buddy. You too. Take care. It's always fun to talk to him. <laughs> a, I've, uh, I've loved that man for uh, over 20 years now, and the love will never fade between uh, Jason <laughs> Lee and me. And uh, to know him is to love him, Gab. I think you'll agree with that, right? Definitely agree with that. I really enjoyed talking to Jason. I haven't known him as long as you have, but you can just tell how much fun he's having on every bit that he does, his radio show, his TV show, just when he was here talking with us, it, you know, he has a lot of passion for what he's talking about, which is great. Love being around those types of people. And he really got me hyped up for, for what's going on right now. Yeah. Jason is living the dream and he has been now for a while. So it's good to see. And, you know, you speaking of living the dream, if you're a, if you're a Philly sports fan, or if you're let, let's deal with the Philadelphia Phillies now, uh, because here we are midweek. As we record this, we recorded Jason back on Monday. We're recording this part on Tuesday. So we still don't know what happened as you hear this in game two of the playoff series with the Braves down there. We're, we're just very cautiously optimistic. Yes. Game one was very stressful, but a lot of fun. And also, you know, as the producer of this podcast, I got some feedback that we record too early and then things happen and then it's not relevant for Wednesday anymore. So here we are on Tuesday night talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, hey, we still got that good feeling going and look, even if it didn't turn out in game two in our favor. So what? They're coming home on Friday, Friday and Saturday games in the friendly confines of Citizens Bank Park. Uh, it should be loud. It should be rocking. And man, I'll tell you, there's nothing like home cooking. And I think the Phillies uh, <laughs> are going to fatten up on it this coming weekend. I'm really excited for the series to continue. Hopefully most of you that are listening watched the game yesterday or at least saw the highlights of game one. You know, there was definitely some times where I wanted to hide behind my hands a little bit and wish that maybe we hadn't gone into the bullpen so early, but it's so hard to complain when you see such like good baseball being played, exciting runs being scored. And the players seem really hyped up. They they were doing their interviews after the game, talking about how excited they are and how ready to play they are and how the job's not done yet. And I think that's a great attitude heading into the rest of the games. Yeah, absolutely. Bryce is hitting. Mm-hmm. Bryce is hitting. Nick Castellanos is playing defense. <laughs> yeah, he made an, an absolutely amazing catch in right field. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, yeah, things are definitely looking up. Of course, the left fielder still kind of sucks out there in the field. But uh, as long as they replace him in the late innings or maybe even in the middle innings, too, I wish they could take him in and out sometimes, you know, like they do in football. I don't want to jinx it too much, uh, Gab, but I think that uh, it seems like we're in pretty good shape, regardless of what happened yesterday in game two. So this is just going to be a fun ride now i'm just riding the train as long as it's going to take me and so far it's been a lot of fun and i hope that the train keeps being fun but i also know that things were looking pretty abysmal about two weeks ago and now i'm just feeling happy and good and i feel like they met and exceeded their expectations so it's hard to be 
upset with the potential outcomes, both good and bad. Amen. I totally agree with that. Uh, I'm on board too. I'm still, you know, I still got that healthy skepticism there. And I do that to protect myself from major disappointments when it comes to, uh, to Philly sports, but uh, Hey, I'm going with it. You know, they've got my heart and I'm ready to ready to bring them home on Friday. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm picking them up at the airport. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was a, that was a fun episode. So uh, we'll see you next week, next Wednesday with another episode of the Encore podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye everybody. And go Phillies.